Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Are we ready to go, Kate? Hello, and you join us in our glacial off-air studio, which, for reasons none of us can understand... It's always so cold. It's like a bloody fridge. The rest mm. of the building is overheated. This one kept deliberately cold. So I think it's to shorten the addition of... Yeah. Well, it's also where they record all of the talk sport trails, and I wonder whether they're just so butch and oh, it hot. Might be that. Yeah. They just need to keep it fridge-like conditions for all of that pulsating energy, Jane. Do you think Alan Brazil sat in this chair? <laughs> Has he? he? Oh, my God. <laughs> I would love to have him on. We need to get him on the programme. Now, I've just been... You, you say it's not as good as Hijack, because you've watched Hijack, haven't you? And I've started Manifest. Oh, I've got something about TV here. Oh, have you? Okay, yeah. right. Well, uh, Manifest, if anyone else is remotely interested... Yeah, I am interested, because no, I looked at it, and I just thought, I can't watch it, because I've just watched Hijack. Okay, well, I'm, I don't have the Apple telly thing, so I can't watch Hijack, but Manifest is on the flicks, and... Um, it's, it starts with a plane that just for reasons that it's not really explained and perhaps we'll never know because it could it could well be one of those very lengthy serials with no satisfactory conclusion. But it, it sets off from Jamaica back to the States and takes five years to get to its destination. Well, we've all been on a flight like that, but it's usually from Birmingham <laughs> yes. to Aberdeen. Yes, well, it's what, it was Montego Bay, I think, back to the States. Can't remember where. Anyway, it takes five years. So you can imagine what's happened to the life of the rest of these people's... <laughs> well, they, you know. They've all been buying a meal deal from WH Smith's for half a decade, waiting, <laughs> waiting. at arrivals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, things have moved on. Some people have moved on in any number of ways when their lost That's... loved ones return. <laughs> Sorry, but that is just such a bizarre... It is. It's quite. It's plot. rather a troubling concept, actually. And I thought it was absolute pants, but then ended up watching two and a half episodes. So there you okay. go. Well, you're not going to like this. Um, oh. Uh, from Best Wishes, Rachel. I know Jane has been the resident TV expert of the two of you, but Fee's recommendations over the past few months have been excellent. Well, on TV uh, recommendation news, I'm no longer the TV columnist at the Radio Times. Showbiz is a very cruel <laughs> world. I mean, I thought I was performing way above expectations, but apparently not. Anyway. Well, no, they've just had a big rejig of the whole Yeah, oh no, you no. don't need to be kind to me. No, it's heartbreaking. No, uh, I watched Blue Lights based on Fee's recommendation, enjoyed it from the outside. No, I love that too. was a little different. It took me a while to get past the constant swearing, but it does really draw you in. And I love the play on all the classic police drama tropes. It cleverly starts off, for me at least, as a spoof, but then draws you in and gradually becomes more of a thriller without abandoning the comedic elements. And I'm delighted that other people liked it, because actually, uh, I think, um, I know that sometimes you've said about your TV recommendations that you slightly worry when you recommend things in a magazine or a column. Will everybody like them? And I wasn't sure when I was watching Deadlock that people would. You won't watch it, will you? I don't know why. No, I won't. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Just, Is it because 
I've recommended it, Jen. There, there may well be a oh, link. You're so miserable. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Rachel, I'll come up with some more recommendations. I would say Colin from Accounts, but you wouldn't watch that one either. Oh, no, I think I will. that's on my kind of back burner, my televisual back burner, waiting to be explored. Okay, I think yeah. you'll really like that. Yes. I think it's clever and it's funny and, you know, it puts a dog on wheels. What's not to like? Well, there's nothing. What's yeah. not to like? Uh, but anyway, I'm sorry about your TV thing, but you've had a blast doing it. You've met some amazing people. Who did I meet? All the people from <laughs> Liverpool. What people from Liverpool? Oh, yeah. I did do lots of interviews with people. Jodie Comer. Oh, I didn't meet her. That was all on Zoom during the pandemic. Nobody kind of met. I mean, that's as good as it gets Oh, I now. met that lovely bloke, Aidan Turner. There you no, go. He was nice. I did meet him. He was lovely. Anyway, can we bring in Gabby? <laughs> yes, let's. My sadness is my own. <laughs> uh <laughs> Gabby has uh, some so the various things in this email. All of them are fascinating, Gabby, but let me just bring you some highlights. She had to stop going to her family's yearly holiday to Somerset. 16 people in a house with three bedrooms for fear of saying something I'd regret forever to one of my sister's or their work-shy teenagers. On the subject of pretentious teenage, teenage affectations, she says she used to pencil in a Marilyn Monroe-style mole on her top lip. Uh, never more so than after a long Saturday spent trawling around Kensington Market. It would look... No, let me get this right. On the subject of pretentious teenage affectations, Gabby used to pencil in a Marilyn Monroe-style mole on her top lip, which she says looked utterly ridiculous. Never more so than after a long Saturday spent trawling around Kensington Market when she'd obviously rubbed her face and now resembled a goth chimney sweep. Yeah, I can imagine. When she was readmitted to hospital with a five-day-old baby who'd lost too much body weight, her breast milk hadn't come in, she saw an NCT poster on the wall entitled 10 Reasons Why You Should Breastfeed. Number 10 claims Gabby, I shit you not, her language, not mine. She says this was the number 10 reason. Have you seen this? I have. Breastfed babies are less likely to end up in prison. I am beyond shocked at that i can't believe was that really on a post i can't i can't believe this anyway uh she goes on to say and this is a useful recommendation she'd like to recommend the nhs squeezy app oh for your pelvic floor yeah. so all together yeah. now let's all do it okay you Just can tell can't they so when someone's doing that on the tube just done it. Uh, this app reminds you three times a day to do your pelvic floor exercises and explains how to do them. It's had a really positive impact on my ability to wait for the loo. My new love of dungarees and jumpsuits has caused problems on several occasions, the worst of which was when I left it too late and ended up peeing on the collar of my jumpsuit in my desperate panic to get undressed. And you're never too old for dungarees, she says. I'm 48 and according to my mum, I have an arse like a brewer's dray. I don't really know what that looks that like. That is a brewer's dray. <laughs> I can't believe that your bottom in any way resembles a brewer's dray. It's like a horse, a horse-drawn carriage, the brewer's dray that carried the the beer as it was taken around pubs. Okay. I've recently discovered dungarees and get compliments on them all the time, especially from older women. I'm just going to check that Gabby doesn't mind if we use her name. No, she doesn't. No, she doesn't. <laughs> okay. It's a very, it's a brilliant email. That's it covers so much ground. It's wide ranging, isn't it? I think the breastfeeding thing, Jane, probably is true because, you know, you must have uh, done this loads of times at the previous place, uh, you know, yeah. with the with the womanly things, yeah. uh, that 
you know, the claims made about breastfeeding are extraordinary. And, and I remember doing stuff about, uh, you know, brain development is better, breastfed children are more likely to go to university, that kind of massive leap that's made. So it wouldn't surprise me if that was on a sign. But how terrifying. And we've spoken about this before. Making a mum feel bad about not being able to do something that is just so difficult. And it's not you that can't do it. No. You know, it's just such a complicated thing because your nipples might be a bit inverted or your duct's blocked or actually your baby's hopeless. Uh, (laughs) No, but that's the kind of... Um, yeah, inference that's given and it's just really hard. So I hate anything that's making mums feel bad because when you can't feed your baby, it's the worst feeling in the world. I agree. I think it is one of the hardest times in your life and the last thing you need is stuff like that. Yeah, so take those signs down. Yes, take them down. Yep. They're still up. But look at the signs that say squeeze your pelvic floor up and then you won't wee all over your jumpsuits. And I really, really sympathise with Gabby about that because that is the terrible problem uh, with a jumpsuit. And actually, on my early morning dog walks, if I was ever wearing a boiler suit or a jumpsuit, I wouldn't double lock the front door just because I knew that there'd be a, there's a little bit of a balance going on about time there. And if I was wearing normal trousers, I'd double lock All right, the front that's door. That really is enough. No, it's good. People will like this, Jane, because it just meant that there weren't so many barriers between me and the loo. Uh, here is Stephanie Hobart, who says, Hi, Jen, I've been listening for years through good times and bad. Two pregnancies, two babies, one pandemic. Uh, this really tickled me. See attached. I had a feeling it might be your sort of humour too. And Steph has said, if you read this out, can you please send love to Lisa and Laura? who are also our BFFs and long-time listeners and sadly not always living on the same side of the world as me. And we're very happy to be a kind of postal box, aren't we, for messaging. Yeah. If you need to do that between the continents, you can just leave a message with us and we'll pass it on. Well, we might charge. Oh, good idea. Yeah. Uh, this is what uh, Stephanie has sent. If the person who named walkie-talkies named everything. You ready? Yes. Stamps. Licky sticky, defibrillators, hearty starty, <laughs> bumblebees, fuzzy buzzy, a pregnancy test, maybe baby. <laughs> That's really clear. Actually, I'd never thought about that. It's really childish to call something a walkie talkie. A bra, bestie nesty, uh, socks, feety heaty, a hippopotamus, floaty bloaty. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It comes courtesy of the language.nerds. Right. Thank you, nerds. Uh, Claire wants to talk about taxidermy, and I'll just allow her this. And then we end. I don't know if it's been mentioned, she says, but the Natural History Museum at Tring is just purely stuffed animals. It was always my wet weather plan when my son was young, and his favourite section was the dogs. I found it gruesome. Uh, Claire, I know you've had a, a bit of a, a challenging time lately. Uh, glad we've helped a little bit. Thank you very much for that. Please keep listening. Uh, Jackie, who's joining us from Chandler's Ford in Glorious Hampshire. I just haven't heard Chandler's Ford mentioned in such a long time, Jackie. It was really, really lovely to see it there. And always remember, it's not Southampton, Jane. Chandler's Ford is what separate. Do you mean? It's, it's not. not Southampton. Well, it merges into No, it. people in Hampshire well, are I've... completely uns- It's not Southampton. I could barely tell. The Stop it. 
I just caught up on Wednesday's podcast, the mention by a listener of the Wimpy Bar in Beckenham. And you're right, Jack, it's not the Wimpy. It was a Wimpy Bar, wasn't it? Yeah, I suppose it was. Well, that's the full term. But why was it called a bar, though? It definitely didn't serve booze, did it? No. Anyway, Root, root brought, beer, possibly. It brought back memories uh, for Jackie, uh, most particularly the tomato-shaped ketchup bottles, and she kept on pestering her mum to take her so she could try the tomato-shaped ketchup, mm. and it turned out to be deeply disappointing. Well, it wasn't Heinz, we it was were, thin and vanilla. No, I was about to say, it's what's in the squeezy tomato that counts, yeah. but I long to squeeze one of those tomatoes as well. To make matters worse for Jackie, I sprinkled salt on my chips before Mum could stop me. Turns out I don't like sugary chips either. <laughs> so I went home hungry and disillusioned. The wimpy bar was still there in 2020 when I was clearing the family home after my dad died, but I've never been in since my first experience. In our teens, we favoured Pizza Land in Bromley. Do you remember Pizza Land? I'm just reading this. It's very funny. <laughs> Where slices of pizza came with a baked potato, Ooh. coleslaw and a mug of coffee that had no <laughs> whatsoever. My friends and I thought it was the height of sophistication until we graduated to the Bernie Inn. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's all there, Jackie. All the memories, all the memories. And uh, we had a pizza land in Winchester, and that was where... Mum would take me sometimes on a weekend when I was being kind of difficult and teenagery, mm. and it was our kind of ladies' lunch destination, Pizza Land. It was would, wonderful. Would you have a baked potato? I don't think I would have a baked potato, but I would definitely have a salad. And of course, we were far too well behaved to ever ramp up from the salad bar, Jane. That was just um, what other people did. Oh dear. I'm sorry to hear that. Yes, yes, we didn't do that. You cast a disapproving glance. Very much so. And then yes. we ate our pizza with our knife and fork. Yes, well, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, uh, news in about guns again. We're oh. probably going to stop talking about guns, but I do think this is interesting. When I was in Alaska for work a couple of years ago, I was horrified to see guns in a regular supermarket, but me even more astounded to see the enclosed selection of colourful guns for youth designed to look like toys. I'm writing to you from Tel Aviv. I enjoy the podcast and I especially enjoy the fact that I know my friend Sue in Manchester is listening too with her dog Hugo. Right. So again, we're sort of um, we are keeping people in touch. And uh, Hugo is obviously getting something out of this. Uh, it's hard to know what. Uh, brief mention. I just need to apologise. I'm on bended knee here apologising to everyone who loves football. Uh, just a quick note about football, says Jane, I played at school. Netball, can, you mean netball? I do mean netball, football's on my brain, sorry. Just a quick note about netball, I played at school, continued with a local team until I was 45, says Jane, I loved it, uh, but I have to take issue with Jane not rating it because players can't move with the ball. Despite that, it's a very fast game and depends entirely on agility and fitness and height, unfortunately for me. But even a netball lover like me has to admit it isn't a great TV spectator sport. It just doesn't have the tension of football where one goal is huge. Having said that, I'm so glad that women's sport is being shown on TV more. When I was younger, you never saw women playing sport except for the rather genteel games of tennis at Wimbledon. Things can only get better. And actually, um, thank you, Jane, for that. Things have got better in terms of women's sport. I mean, you know, I, I think uh, I think it was seven million people watched the England-Columbia game on Saturday. And bearing in mind it was 11.30, I think it kicked off. I had to time my pedicure. Mm. I had one booked and I was able to get back just in time without smudging anything because I had a shellac. Yep. And actually, it's really good that you mentioned the viewing figures because they are already up there in the Women's World Cup with the Men's World Cup. Well, and there you go. 
you know, we might make the assumption because there's been so much hoo-ha about the women not being paid as much in advertisers, not spending as much, that the figures have a great disparity, but they don't at all. They're absolutely neck and neck, if not in front for the women. Well, it's really interesting because the figures for Match of the Day on BBC One on a Saturday night are not enormous. I mean, sometimes when you hear talk about the eye-watering salaries paid to some contributors to that programme, it is not watched by 10 or 15 million people. I think it's more like two and a half so, you know, this, it, we, we have this extraordinary reverence for that programme, which I know is hugely significant. I know people watch on Catch Up, but it's not a massive terrestrial television audience anymore. No, we got more downloads than that. Dave the Minion says the following. Just Thank you, Kate. Nodding. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm nodding. Oh, are you nodding? <laughs> Vigorously. I'm also doing my pelvic floor. Oh, just catching up with Thursday's podcast and picked up on the where did you meet query. Listen to this, Jane. Way back in 1981, at the age of 17, I met my wife in the Tiffany's nightclub in Leeds at Grab a Granny Night. I know. Is that over 25's night? I wonder now when this hugely un-PC Wednesday night out for single older gentlemen and ladies actually <laughs> came to an end. Actually, that's a rich... Do you know, I was only thinking about this the other night because we used to have a disco in Crosby uh, at a hotel I won't name, which was called the Grab a Granny Grab a Granny. It was on a Tuesday from memory. Brilliant. So you could have gone to that on a Tuesday, made your way over to Leeds by Wednesday. Yes. All the grannies you want. Yeah. yeah. My, my sister used to go. I never went. Uh, Dave goes on to say, my wife was with a group of people who had pre-mobile phone days arranged to meet there and were warned on the way in what the particular night was. Mm-hmm. I was with a couple of friends and had been playing pool all evening and when last orders were called, we wanted to carry on with the night out as we were at college the next day rather than work. The lady on the admissions desk asked us with a huge grin on her face if we were sure we wanted to come in but didn't specify why. My friends and I took no notice of the night's proceedings until leaving when the last slow dance came on. As we left, I noticed a poor girl being pestered by a man she clearly wanted to have nothing to do with. And as I walked past, I took her hand and swept her onto the dance floor to save her. Later... Oh, we've got tingles, Jane. I know, it's rather lovely, isn't it? Later that day at college... Well, apart from, it's lovely apart from the predatory man bit. Yeah, no, but this is a... This is a, this the, rest, the night in shining armour, yes, yeah. yeah. Later that day at college, neither of my friends could enlighten me on what the girl looked like. I just had her phone number scrawled on my hand. I rang her to arrange a date out of curiosity... And we've been together ever since. Was she a granny? Well, I don't. Well, I don't know. But it doesn't really matter if she was older. Uh, and that's from Dave the Minion. And Dave, I think you wrote us that fabulous email when we were talking about kind of uh, needing to be alpha. Uh, you wrote a really, really lovely, thoughtful email about how you know an awful lot of people need to be the minions in mm. order to allow for the alphas and the satisfaction that you get. I think if I remember rightly, from having a job that enables you to spend a lot of time with your family. But what a lovely, lovely, lovely where-did-you-meet story. That is great. Uh, And grab a granny night. Are they still a thing? (laughs) Let's throw it out there. Are you a granny? And did you meet someone who was not a granddad? Or perhaps you did. You see, that's that's sexism in plain sight, isn't it? Isn't it just, Jane? It wasn't called Wrestle with a Grandad Night, was it? (laughs) No. No. Right, um, I did say that several people had been really um, very angry with me for being rude about netball. In the interests of balance, I need to bring in Kate, who agrees with me on the subject of netball. I agree with Jane. I love... I don't think there's a sentence I like more than that in the whole world. (laughs) 
Kate says, I've always felt it's basketball, horribly cut down to size just for girls, i.e. minus the dynamic movement and avoiding body contact. I had dreadful eyesight and I was hopeless at all ball sports at school, but did manage to blast the ball so hard in the wrong direction one day that it smashed our teacher in the face, broke her glasses and badly banged her nose. Sorry, Miss Brown. A similarly lame, girly version of cricket existed at my all-girls high school in 1970 Sydney, Australia. It was called Vigaro. I've never heard of this, have you? No. It's not to be confused. Sorry, I'm with... disagreeing with you there. Will that no. be all right? Yes. Not to be confused with either the feminist publishing house Virago or the tablet taken by gentlemen Viagra. Bet you've never heard of it. Um, it involves shorter distances and a big round wooden bat the size of a dinner plate. Aiming too low at a low lying ball once, I managed to smash the head of the bat in half right down the middle. I felt weirdly good about it. No lack of vigour in my Vigaro, says Kate. There we are. That's another slice of social history of which I knew nothing. Vigaro. Cricket for ladies. <laughs> I don't think it's going to catch on. Now, today's guest, Jane. Yes, today's guest is Fats Timbo, um, Fatima Timbo, but she is called Fats by, that's her sort of, I'm not going to say stage name, but that's her professional name. That's how she's known. She's in her mid-twenties. She is a comedian. She's an influencer. She has um, millions, two million at least followers on TikTok, a quarter of a million over on Instagram. It's a tiny, just a tiny bit more than we have currently on Jade and Fee on <laughs> <laughs> on Instagram. We're currently just topping 8,000. No, we're over nine. Are we're, we? We are over nine. Okay. Uh, so we're not doing badly at all, but <laughs> but that is where you need to go if you're young and happening, like yes. Fiona and I. Uh, by the way, Fiona's hair has been changed with a lovely elfin bob. And I think finally my influence has worn off. <laughs> so I walked into the office today. I have had a lot of my hair cut off. And Jane genuinely said, have you had it done to look like me? Oh, it's just like, not not everything. Just my little joke. It's anyway, you. back to but Fats yes, Timbo. I have, I have had my hair cut. Yes, yeah. it, looks, it does look very nice. Uh, Fats Timbo has over 2 million followers on TikTok and over a quarter of a million on Instagram. She has written a book too called Main Character Energy, Ten Commandments to Living Life Fearlessly. She's been on the cover of magazines as well, Glamour and Vogue, which isn't bad, is it? So here is Fats Timbo. Hi, how are you? Well, I'm all right, but I understand. Let's be honest, because you have told us you've not been all that well, have you? I haven't. I've had the worst case of food poisoning ever. Okay. In my life. Right. Uh, Are you more or less over it now? Yeah, I'll say I'm more or less over it. And to be honest with you, I'm glad that I'm speaking to you and trying to get better. And yeah, I'm just, I just want to get over it now. Okay. Tired. Yeah, I'm sure you are. Well, we won't dwell on it, but can I just ask, I mean, have you eaten any white toast or anything like that? That's always what I go to when I'm in recovery from something like that. I've had juices Mm. mainly and smoothies. I think um, when I had uh, bread, because I'm intolerant to gluten, it kind of upsets my stomach. Okay, don't go to toast then, sorry. I will will have non, I'll have um, gluten-free bread though, just to soak it all up. All right, well. 
I'm glad that you're in recovery, at least. Um, and I, I really wanted to talk to you because you are such a positive person. I appreciate you might not be feeling at your most energetic and bouncy today. So we really appreciate <laughs> you coming on the programme. Um, you identify, and I really want to get this right, you identify as a little person, don't you? We need to get that clear yes. right at the start. So just tell us a little bit about yourself. So I identify as a little person because I was born with a condition called achondroplasia. Um, it's a type of dwarfism. It happens in one in 30,000 births and it can happen to anyone. The reason why I prefer little person instead of dwarf is because dwarf is used in in movies and, and it's the medical term and it's also a mythical creature as well. I don't want to be referred to as a mythical creature whatsoever. I want to be referred to as a person who happens to be little. So little person is the best sounding term for me. But I guess for me personally, that's a personal thing. Mm. It's different for every little person or dwarf. Yeah, can I just ask a little bit about, I mean, I hesitate to use the word community, but is there a, a lively conversation amongst people who have a chondroplasia about how you would like to be referred to? Um, I would say on the Little Women shows, we commonly say that we prefer little woman, little person. Um, but I think it, through, through different interviews with different little people, they say what they prefer. Um, but I wouldn't say like there's a proper community because there's not many of us. No, at all. No, as you said, I mean, that statistic, one in 30,000, this is not common, is it? And for, no, those, for, those, for those people listening who don't truly don't know quite what the, the, the explanation for a chondroplasia is, is it, am I right in saying it's a lack of cartilage? Yes, it's a lack of cartilage that doesn't help to, basically, I can't produce as much bone as the average person. So my torso is average height. And my head is average height, is it? I don't know. It's quite big. But <laughs> um, my limbs are shorter than the average person because of my, because I'm not able to produce as much cartilage as the average person. And your mum found out about your condition when she was pregnant with you? Yes, when she was six months, six months pregnant, they called her in to um, do some extra scans because they noticed through the scans that I wasn't growing at a normal rate and they thought I'd either have Down syndrome or dwarfism. And at that time they said to her, you know, because your child isn't practically at the time, they, they kind of, I guess it was taboo back in the day, um, they offered her a termination, which she refused, of course. And growing up, how how did your family make you feel? And did they ever treat you differently? When did you first begin to believe or begin to see that you were a bit different? My family treated me exactly the same as my other siblings. I have one brother and four sisters and Honestly, at, at home, I, I've never felt any different. 
um, I guess when I have to struggle to get things, that's the only time I feel different. But they're very, my family are so supportive. They're so helpful. Um, and the time I did notice that I was different was when I was in school, I was in nursery, and people are asking me questions. Why are you so small? Why are you different from everyone else? I had no idea. I had no idea at the time because my parents never made me feel any different. So when people in school said those things to me, it, it kind of made me feel insecure. It made me feel really sad about myself and people looking at me on the street. Um, that was a lot because, you know, it was like, why me? You know, I'm in this world and I, I happen to be the one that's different. How do you now try to educate people around that ignorance? I just wonder whether, I, mean, I want you to be as honest with you, with us as you, as you possibly can, Fats. I mean, when you go out every day, do you have to steal yourself for the reaction of others? Um. Yes, I do. I think when I was younger, it was daunting. It was really scary. It was just something that I hated to do just to go outside and anticipate all this discrimination, staring, comments, um, people laughing at you, people filming you. Um, I just found it so unbearable. That's, that was, that's the word for it, unbearable. And now how I educate people is I basically kind of tell, especially parents, because kids don't know any better, um, and of course, they're going to stare if they've never seen somebody like me before. So I often tell parents that you should you should tell your child that, you know, I'm just a little person. And then they're like, oh, oh, they did never expect me to stand up for myself. And um, a lot of parents have actually taken initiative and educated their kids at, on the spot. And some parents just kind of push them away or don't say anything. Uh, do, so, do, do you have reactions like that every time you go out or twice a week or once a month? Or, what is it? I would say every day. Yeah, every time I go out, every single time. Right. Because nowadays I don't look for it anymore. Before, because I was very conscious, very self-conscious, I was looking for it. But because um, I'm more focused on myself, I put headphones in. I try my best to not look at what's around because I know everyone's looking at me. Well, on that note, actually, I saw you uh, on the Tube platform at London Bridge Station a couple of months ago. Uh, you've got really? very, you've got very distinctive pink headphones, haven't you? I, I have loads of headphones. Okay. Uh, well, I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell you that that day you had. You had some very, very beautiful, um, it was the headphones I noticed because I thought I'd like those. Um, and you were absolutely, um, you were dancing and you were completely owning the space. Yeah, I love dancing in random places. I love it. <laughs> that sounds like me. That's definitely me. I don't know why this is, but as soon as I have headphones in, I don't care about where I am. I'm just dancing. I don't care if people are looking at me because I know they're looking anyway. So that's that's the attitude I have mm. <laughs> when I'm out and about. 
And Fats, when you were younger, did you have anybody who you could look to in the same way that I am sure some of your younger followers look to you? If I'm being honest, not really, because I feel like I was probably, um, I probably had self-hate because I didn't have anyone around me, anyone on TV, anyone I could look at that represented me. So, at, like, at one point, I couldn't even look in the mirror because I didn't want to face that I was different to everyone else. So, um, when I was 13 years old, I saw a little woman, black little woman, on the Undateables. And I shouted to my dad. I was like, oh, my God, she's just like me. She's just like me. I was so happy to see somebody that was just like me. It was so refreshing to see. And now we're friends because I'm honestly in awe of her. Her name's Mary Russell. Um, and she's the one who kind of inspired me to go on the Undateables as well. So um, it kind of happened later on in life. But I guess not later on in life, but from a from a teenage, from a teenager, I'd say. But before then, I didn't have anyone to even look up to. Mm. But the very fact that you went on the undateables, I mean, I think you said at the time yourself that you were not undateable at all for a start. Yes, it's true. I knew I wasn't undateable, but I knew that I'm going, this is, this is for a higher purpose. I need to, I need to go on this show to inspire others, tell people my story. You never know where it can go to, or I just thought of the positive sides of it. I didn't think, oh, I'm going to be classed as undateable. Because when I look at, when I watch people on the undateables, I don't think they're undateable whatsoever. So I knew if people love and enjoy the show, they won't see me like that. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com And our guest this afternoon is the author and influencer Fats Timbo. Actually, Fats, I should have asked you a little bit earlier on about uh, what it's like to be a big star on TikTok. Um, some of our more mature listeners may not really understand the appeal of TikTok. Why is it such a good platform for you, do you think, to spread your message? I think on TikTok, especially over the pandemic, a lot of us, needed to connect and TikTok was the best way to do that because it was short form con content um people could learn how to cook people could watch skits people could 
listen to people's stories. Um, TikTok is just such a great way to just connect with creators and watch so much content. And for me, I loved making um, comedy content. That was my first time actually trying it out and experimenting. And people absolutely loved it. I was so shocked because I didn't really expect anything from it. I just was bored at home, if I was being honest. Um, and I wanted to show off my dance moves as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the fact that people enjoyed it as much as I loved making it, it was a bonus. It was amazing. It is a massive democratisation of creativity, isn't it? Because, uh, I mean, I may be completely wrong on this, but if you've got two million followers on TikTok and a quarter of a million on Instagram, I bet that the TV producers are crawling all over you in a way that they probably wouldn't have done without that kind of data backup. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it kind of backs up that people are fascinated with the fact that maybe I'm a talented little person who just happens to dance, happens to make you laugh. I've got multiple things going on. So um, I don't shy away from anything that I want to learn or do, um, especially on TikTok, because TikTok helps me showcase that. Do you feel, though, that you have to be positive, Fats, when you may not always feel that way? Um, I think being positive really helps with my mindset. Even if I am feeling down, I try my best to put myself in a positive mindset. But at the same time... I do recognise that you can't always be positive. You're going to have your down days. Let it pass. But always remain constant in trying to be positive in life because negativity can just spread like wildfire in you. And I don't want that. I want to always be positive so that I can spread that positivity to other people as well. And what about your modelling career? Because you, I think the very first modelling gig you got was for underwear. Um, and I think you you did have a few reservations about that, didn't you? I did. I was absolutely terrified. I thought, I haven't even done modelling. Like, and then do an underwear campaign. It was just insane. But I knew, for some reason, I just knew, this is going to take me somewhere. Whether it's confidence, I'm going to build more confidence from this, Or maybe I can just do another job after this. I just thought there's something that's going to take me from A to to B by doing this. So I just, I I heard a motto at the time as well. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Mm. And I said, when I first heard that, I was like, I'm going to live by that. Because I've already been living like, like that. As soon as I step outside, I'm scared sometimes because I know I'm going to get the attention that I don't want but at the same time I need to do what I need to do so I have to I I thought I need to implement that in in so many different ways and so many aspects of my life 
And presumably, Fats, it was also just a very good opportunity to really find a decent bra that fits. And that can be a lifelong challenge for all of us. So I hope it, came, <laughs> exactly. hope it came good in the end. Uh, can you tell us a little exactly. bit uh, about your Ten Commandments to Living Life Fearlessly in your book with the most fantastic title, Main Character Energy? Can you tell us how to achieve this thing? So Main Character Energy is all about self-care, self-love, boosting your own self-esteem. And it's not from any outside source. It's all about trying to cultivate your true self, basically. So my first commandment is to be unexpected. Um, I The reason why this is the first one, because I always say that people are trying to stand out, but they're trying to fit in. It doesn't make any sense if you're trying to fit in because you will never be able to stand out. Mm. And I use the example of myself. As soon as I stand, as soon as I step out on the road or on the streets, I'm un- I'm unexpected. People don't usually see people like me, so I'm always pointed out. I'm always the odd one out. And my motto now is: if they're going to look at me, then I might as well look good whilst they're looking at me. So. I shared that commandment. Um, the second one is let love be your superpower. And this is where I discuss the fact that my family has helped me tremendously through loving me, caring for me, and being the support network that I needed. Um, and honestly, I don't know what I'll do without this support, honestly, because it's a tough world. But coming home to... A, a stable family that actually love you and help you and um, I'm forever grateful for. So I share how important it is to have a support network that mm. helps you throughout life. Um, the next one is Rise Above. Rise Above is all, all about basically protecting your mental health from haters. Um, as I've said I've faced so much discrimination from people on the street, people in people um, from school. I talk about as well the fact that um, these group of boys put me in an industrial bin in school, and that was probably the most traumatic thing that I've gone through. And um, I still think about it to this day. But I, I thought it's good if I share it in this book that um, even though these bad things have happened to me, I've risen above all of that I've always realized that you can't change people's actions you can always change how you react to things but of course you but you shouldn't clearly you should not have been put through any of that um yeah and I'm just conscious of course that I said that I'd seen you on the station platform because as you know you are noticed every time you go out people like me seeing you for the first time um, we do take notice. I, I mean, I, I can't pretend otherwise. And you're so aware of that every time you set foot out of your front door. Yeah, exactly it. Can exactly I just ask it, you very uh, briefly, if you, you don't mind, Fats, just about accessibility in terms of travelling around. Is it better than it used to be? Is London, from your perspective, the best place to live? Uh, personally, I think it is helpful having lifts um having lifts and having um I think do you know what I think London could do better yeah if I'm being honest 
they could because not every station is accessible um, a lot of my disabled friends they do struggle to get to places because some stations they've had to go to the next one and then maybe take a cab to wherever they're going because that station that they need to get off at is not accessible um i i would say london is better than other cities like paris or um for example i went to antalya i did, i don't remember as many lifts mm. as as um london but i do think london still has some improvements to make to their accessibility yeah, I um, access for people with people in a wheelchair. Because for me, I'm I'm quite lucky that I'm able to walk, mm. um, and I do get really tired. So the lifts do help um, a lot. I certainly learned something from uh, listening to facts in the course of that conversation. So I think accessibility is something that if. You know, I just don't think we think about it often enough in terms of the ease of movement around big cities. Um, you are, well, it just doesn't cross my mind. Uh, and it really is hugely significant for people who are, you know, just can't have any number of different challenges. So I just think we need to do, and, and London isn't bad, is it, in terms of the provision of lifts? But I think mm. uh, like the local station I go to every day, there is just no lift. And there's quite a big, steep staircase. Yes, yeah. I know that so many wheelchair users mm. uh, will often say uh, that we just haven't come far enough in terms of accessibility. Do you know what? I was very struck by what she said about um, children in their innocence asking questions when they meet her for the first time or see her in the street mm. and what it is that a parent then needs to do and say and do you know what that's one of those things that we could all do with having a bit of a think about and a bit of our chat with our kids before it happens because it's not fair no <laughs> to wait for she's not she shouldn't be to doing... educate every single person yeah uh, who comes along with a completely understandable and uh, innocent question or double take or extra look but I mean I confess I don't think I've ever done that I don't think I did that with my kids when they were very young um so yeah loads to learn from her and and I uh, you know I was um I was very grateful to her for pushing on with the interview because actually I think she was probably a little bit more ill than she had originally let on when she said yes okay I'll do it on Zoom. Well that's why I'm really I'm really yeah. grateful you can you can tell when someone's just sort of not a bit not, below par just a tiny bit yeah. as we say us, us golfers say <laughs> uh, um a little a little below par. <laughs> okay. I should take my clubs to well, I mean, uh, you've got some amazing courses there. Why don't you? Uh, because my idea of a holiday, as you know, is simply to plough through. I am agonising over which paperbacks to take with me, as I do every single year. And I do not trust the Kindle. I've got one, but I just think it'll break. OK. Will you do a list of what you're reading before the end of the week? Because also we need to reintroduce our book club book. Yes, we haven't actually had our copies through yet. No, we? not yet. Get on it. <laughs> so Come we'll, on. We'll do that towards the end of the week. Uh, thank you very much indeed for listening. Jane and Fee at times.radio. Good night. Have a good evening.
Well done for getting to the end of another episode of Off Air with Jane Garvey and Fee Glover. Our Times radio producer is Rosie Cutler and the podcast executive producer is Henry Tribe. And don't forget, there is even more of us every afternoon on Times Radio. It's Monday to Thursday, 3 till 5. You can pop us on when you're pottering around the house or heading out in the car on the school run or running a bank. Thank you for joining us and we hope you can join us again on Off Air very soon. Don't be so silly. Running a bank? I know, lady. A lady listener. Sorry. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com